You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Draft Day edition of Locked on Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credentialed member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on Thursday, draft day. Yes, the day has finally arrived. It's like Christmas Day here in New Orleans as everyone is super excited for your New Orleans Pelicans to take Zion Williamson number one overall. We've covered it to death. It's finally here. This is when the new chapter of the franchise starts. So we've got a draft day primer for you here. We're going to cover a couple of different scenarios, let you know what could happen, what I think might happen. And then Zion Williamson spoke to the media yesterday over at the media availability prior to the NBA draft. I've got clips of it. Hear what he had to say. It's going to make you even more excited. This is an awesome day. So let's dive into everything in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So we're going to get to the latest draft rumors, and there are a lot flying with the Pelicans right now and what they're going to do with that fourth overall pick. But we got to give an update on the situation with the Lakers, the AD trade, and I'm going to explain some of the salary cap stuff. And I'm recording this, of course, on Wednesday night. I literally just got off the phone with my good friend T-Bob Bear of 100.3 FM radio here on um, his show Off the Bench in the morning. So what he was asking about was the salary cap stuff and what's really going on with the Lakers and what they didn't realize. So to put this just very succinctly so you all understand it a little bit more and why the Lakers are looking to bring in a third team, you can operate as an over-the-cap team or an under-the-cap team or a cap room team. Right now, the Lakers are a cap room team. So they could just absorb Anthony Davis and his contract into that. They don't even need to send technically any salary outgoing because they are an under-the-cap team. They can just take it on. But that's not what they want to do because that would use up their cap room and give them less. That's where that number of the 23 and a half million comes from after they make a trade on, say, the six. So that doesn't do them any good to just absorb them into the cap room along with sending the stuff out. They need to operate as an over-the-cap team to really bring him in and then add another max-level free agent. So what their goal to do is, is time this and just kind of structure the contracts and the transactions however you want. You have the moratorium period, July 1 to July 6. You can negotiate with free agents, you can agree to deals, then you can make them official on the 6th. And once you just do transactions, you can structure them in any order you want. So what the Lakers in theory are trying to do, and we'll use Kemba Walker as an example, is sign Kemba to say a $32 million contract using their cap space. By doing that, it puts them to an over-the-cap team, meaning they don't have any more cap room. So you need to send out equal salary for Anthony Davis during the season This is why you always hear of trying to get matching salaries because most teams at that point are often over the cap. So now all of a sudden they're an over the cap team and they need to get close to equaling Anthony Davis's trade salary. This is where the fourth pick comes in because the plan would be they draft the guy for overall for the Pelicans, sign him to a contract, 
30 days to trade him. This is why it would be done on July 30th now. And then you send that seven million, seven and a half million out alongside Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. And basically you can trade up to 125% of your outgoing salary. So if you're trading a guy that's 10 million, you can bring back um, at that point, 12 and a half million. And the numbers work out when you include that salary in there. Basically gets them a little bit more room. That's kind of the issue here that to structure this, it needs to really be done later because you need to have that money included in it or they need to send out more salary in an Anthony Davis trade. That's why they're trying to move Mo, Wag uh, Mo Wagner and other guys and um, Isaac Bonga in a trade to kind of get it done to send out more salary so that in theory, if they then first sign Kemba Walker on the six, they have enough then room to bring back Anthony Davis and it kind of works out at that point. But they're kind of in a spot with it. So that's kind of the confusion that's going on. That's there, There's some other nuances to it, but the long and short of it is that. And it just seems like the Lakers had no idea that this was a thing and that they needed to worry about this. And Ramona Shelburne on the jump yesterday talked about it, saying, you know, the Lakers agreed to this trade, then kind of realized it and called the Pelicans back and were like, wait, hold on. And that's the issue. They then just did not realize what was going on. Either Palinka didn't know they don't have someone on their uh, in their front office who knows this, or Palinka did not consult the people that would know this until after the fact, which is probably what it was. And that's how we ended up in this weird situation. So that's the long and short of the Lakers trade woes and scenarios. So that's where we stand with that. We're going to talk draft day primer coming up, then Zion audio with everything too. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is a really exciting day. So we got our laugh at the Lakers out of the way. Let's dive into everything else. So before we get to all of that, don't forget to subscribe to the Locked On Pelicans podcast. Today is the start of the Zion era, and we are going to be covering every single little bit of it. So make sure you stay up to date with the latest episodes from Locked On Pelicans. Get it wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You can subscribe to Locked On Pelicans through all of them. So your draft day primer, what's going to happen? Well, we know for sure the Pelicans are taking Zion Williamson number one overall. No real question there. But then what? And you know what? That is a big old question mark heading into when I'm recording this, which might change later down the line, to be honest. So this could be out of date by the time you're listening. I hope it's not. That wouldn't be cool, Pelicans. But hey, make a good trade and we'll probably be okay with it. So either they're taking someone at four, they're trading up, probably not, but maybe, or trading down, more likely. Trading for a player, just as likely, or trading this pick and getting future draft picks, also just as likely. So yesterday, I covered some trade scenarios that the Pelicans might look at with the Timberwolves, who uh, Mark Stein of the New York Post, New York Times, one of them um, tweeted about. Or maybe the, uh, so we said the Timberwolves, I'm blanking on all the other trade partners because we covered a ton of them yesterday. So you've got them, the Indiana Pacers are also a team that could look to move up, the Boston Celtics as well. Tons and tons of opportunities for New Orleans. So we covered that. So listen to yesterday's podcast if you want, but trading back down 
with a player in mind that they want to get, a Miles Turner would be a great one. Maybe Robert Covington. Maybe a guy from the uh, Boston Celtics, along with some other draft picks, is a big option. And I think you could see that happening. So there's going to be a lot of rumors flying. Supposedly, according to a number of people out there right now, and I don't know how much I believe this, the Pelicans have become enamored with R.J. Barrett. Maybe they look to trade up and get him, potentially to the two spot where Memphis is maybe looking to move out of. After the Mike Conley trade yesterday that sent Conley, the longtime point guard from Memphis, to the Utah Jazz, I just don't really see that happening. I think they're pretty locked in at John Morant at two. I do not see the Pelicans moving up there, but I've been surprised so far by almost everything they've done. So I'd say there's a very good, not a good chance, that's dumb. There's a chance, that's what I want to say, that they could move up to two. But it sounds like it would be to take R.J. Barrett, not John Morant, who I know many, many of you want. So maybe it'd be a disappointment at that point. So then what else could happen? They could take a guy at four. I highlighted two days ago some names that it could be. I can give you those names again if you want to look at them uh, or look them up yourself. Jarrett Culver, I think, would be the favorite in my opinion. Darius Garland is the guy that most teams are looking at in the NBA right now. So maybe they go ahead and just draft the best player available. Maybe they like DeAndre Hunter, potentially Cam Reddish. Maybe it's Kobe White who the point guard, the two guard that they like is out there. Don't forget, maybe a surprise pick. You know, someone, as I mentioned the other day, in uh, Brandon Clark out of Gonzaga, who it sounds like they could be high on, who's also rising up various draft boards. Or maybe some of those names I threw out. There are reasons why they'd want to trade down because they think they'll be able to get those guys that they really like while picking up additional assets, similar to what happened with the Markel Markel uh, Fultz-Jason Tatum trade when the Celtics traded out of the number one overall pick down to three, got the guy they wanted to take at one, and got a future pick and future assets with it all as well. Should they trade down? Maybe it's with the Hawks to 8, 10, or 17. Maybe it's to the Timberwolves at 11. What are some names they could take right there? Well, we've mentioned DeAndre Hunter is going to be in that range. Rui Hakamura out of Gonzaga is also going to be in that range. That's a big who can space the court a little bit well, does a number of things. There's Nasser Little out of South Carolina, or sorry, North Carolina, who's a small forward. I'm high on Jackson Hayes, the center out of Texas, a rim-running big that I think does well next to um, Zion Williamson. So there's a number of options, and all of those guys, honestly, pretty close in the draft ranking. So trading down seems to make a lot of sense for New Orleans. Maybe they do it just for an established player. Maybe they kind of get both. So that's kind of what you're looking at being a potential option for New Orleans in this. I said I would mention some second round picks at some point during this. Keep an eye on Admiral Schofield out of Tennessee. Small forward. It'll make our good friend Scott Kushner really, really happy if that would be the case. Carson Edwards, the point guard out of Purdue who lit it up in the NCAA tournament as just that scoring dude off the bench, even though he's a little bit undersized at really six foot, could be an option as well. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they would look to take him, but Naz Reed out of LSU, who only had three bench press reps in the combine, not too great. But also maybe a person like Kyle Guy, the shooting guard point guard out of Virginia, who did well during their NCAA tournament run. And frankly, if you just want to go with the ridiculous size, Taco Fall out of University of Central Florida, the center, who's 7'7", 
would just kind of be fun and you would have a very tall man who could do it there. So those are some names to kind of keep an eye on. There's going to be a lot of trades during this NBA draft. And just because the Pelicans move out of the four spot, which it sounds like they would like to do, doesn't mean they're going to be done. If they pick up multiple picks in the first round, look for them to maybe package those into something else as well. I don't think they want to come out of this with three or four rookies or even necessarily two at least two first round picks. So I think they're going to be looking to really make multiple moves and it might be a very long night for you to stay up as we wait for things to get done and sorted out and find out what's happened and find out what hasn't happened. So there's going to be a lot going on. Also, if you're going to be at the Pelicans Draft Fest over at Fulton Street in downtown New Orleans, I'm going to be hanging out there too. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll be doing some radio spots. I'll be just out there chatting with people and frankly being a bit of a fan and enjoying myself. And I think you might see an appearance from Zion Williamson, just like they did a number of years ago in 2012 with Anthony Davis in the now Smoothie King Center. They flew him down from New York, got him out on that stage that night to kind of say some words that would get all of the fans in attendance very, very fired up. So let's see if maybe that happens as well. Might give you kind of more of a reason to attend the draft fest that they're going to be having. So that's your draft primer for tonight. It's going to be an, uh, just a very exciting time. I am excited. You should be excited. Again, this is just another reason to subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And don't forget, leave a five-star rating. Helps keep this free and five days a week for all of you. I don't ask for much. Just click that five-star button. That's all. Nothing too bad here. It doesn't take a lot of work. So again, subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. So it's no surprise the Pelicans are going to be taking Zion Williamson number one overall, but we don't really know him. We know he's kind of got a bit of a charismatic personality. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and he looks to be the next great NBA superstar. But he had a media availability yesterday up there in New York, and Matt Moscona of ESPN Radio here in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, 100.3 FM and 104.5 FM, sent me some of the audio from it. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. So we're going to play that here so you can hear Zion talk a little bit more. You're just going to really, really like this guy. And I am so excited that he's going to be a Pelican here in the near future. So being the number one pick in the draft, the most hyped prospect since LeBron James, the best prospect coming into the draft since Anthony Davis, there's a lot of pressure alongside that. Like, how do you kind of live up to that greatness? And here's what Zion had to say. I don't really see it as pressure. Um, I'm doing what I love to do, and that's play basketball. Um, and I don't try to live up to nobody's expectations. They can set them there, but I don't try to live up to them. I'm, I just be me. I try to be the best version of myself I can be. Everyone talks about this guy's drive to improve, to compete, to win, and just grow as an NBA player, and you're kind of hearing it right there from him. You know, he doesn't really worry about the expectations. He wants to come in and just be great. He doesn't want to live up to anything. He doesn't necessarily worry about his legacy right now because it sounds like he knows that'll come if he just lives up to the standard of excellence that he's going to be holding himself to. That's awesome. That's how a rookie should be approaching this. Just simply improve, get better. Don't worry about anything other than that. It takes the pressure off you. Live up to your team's expectations, yourself, your expectations. That's it. He's going to do that. I think that already gives him a bit of a leg up entering the NBA. 
Now, what about playing for New Orleans? We were all worried. Maybe we weren't worried, but there were rumors maybe he'd go back to Duke, didn't want to play for the Pelicans. He wanted to go to the Knicks, and we're hoping they'd get the number one overall pick before that got squashed and those rumors went away. But does he have a favorite team? Is this a place he's comfortable ending up at? Let me play what he had to say about that. Uh, honestly, I just want to be in the NBA. Uh, I didn't have a favorite team growing up. Um, just to be in the NBA is all I ask for. And uh, wherever team I end up, uh, I know that I'm going to give them my all. I think it's safe to put whatever team in air quotes there because the team he's going to end up on is the New Orleans Pelicans, and he's going to end up on there probably right around 6.30, 6.45 tonight as they select him number one overall. He did come to New Orleans. He did have the visit with David Griffin, Alvin Gentry, and Gail Benson. So what do you think? What do you think of the city? What do you think of the restaurant that he went to go eat at? And more importantly, what did Zion order? The city was just very welcoming, like... Everywhere, everywhere I went, it was just like you know, walking on the street. It was just people, you know, high-fiving me, saying they hope I come here um, to go into God. Uh, this, I think the food place was called Commanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've been seeing some of the people saying uh, I got like chicken tenders. No, that was my five-year-old brother did this. <laughs> uh, I got uh, fried shrimp with uh, some mashed potato. So he's already gotten a warm welcome here in the city and it's made a good first impression on him. It really sounds like, and we know if you embrace New Orleans, the city embraces you tenfold back and that is the way to becoming an absolute star here in the NBA, kind of like Josh Hart is doing right now. Also, what's really good about this, one, good on Zion for showing he's not a little child and ordering chicken tenders, chicken fingers at Commander's Palace. You got to get something other than that. But he ordered the fried shrimp. I dig it because Anthony Davis famously has hated seafood, and maybe that's one of the reasons he wants out of here. So, if Zion's already ordering some seafood, he's in the right spot for it. It makes you feel a little bit better about him embracing things a slight bit more. So, good for you, Zion. Way to kind of go with the right type of order that's going to make people in the city love you. Now, finally, we got one more clip from Zion on maybe just a bit of a preview from what to expect in the ways you want to see him grow as he talks about his game continuing to improve at the NBA level. Um, personally, honestly, I think I got better with everything because I'm still 18 and I don't ever want to be a finished product. Um, my three-point shot improved a lot over the season. Started off a little rough, but improved a lot towards the end. And... I think my ability to adjust to the game um, from high school to college uh, changed a lot. Um, and just, my, I think one thing I'm good at is just my will to win. Uh, I feel like when I want to win, I'll do things, I'll do whatever I need to do to win. So maybe it's me being a little bit homerish here, but you know what? I love it. I love when he says, I don't ever want to be considered a finished product. You want someone who always wants to keep improving and doesn't think that he's the best and he doesn't need to do anything differently. You don't like that sense of complacency in a player, particularly one as young as him. He says he's 18. He's got a lot of room to grow. His three-point shot's improving. I liked what he said about, hey, I adjusted really quickly from high school to college, which he should have done given the type of player he is and his body size and athleticism. 
And he thinks he can do that too. The other great part about this is you can't coach giving a damn. And it's very clear that Zion Williamson gives a damn about competing, about winning. And I think that is absolutely awesome that he think that, thinks that that's one of the best parts of his game and that it's going to keep motivating him, be his drive and keep him going forward. So awesome to hear kind of gives you a bit of a preview of maybe where he's looking to improve, which certainly is going to be that jump shot and that three point shot. And if he develops that, look out NBA sooner rather than later. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. You've got your draft primer in the middle there. Quotes from Zion. A little bit more of an understanding about the, uh, the Lakers and Pelicans cap situation and why the trade kind of is hitting some maybe hiccups, even though it seems like it's done. So I don't really know. Anyway, it's going to be a lot of fun. If you're at the draft fest, let me know. I'll be out there kind of roaming around, enjoying myself as well. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy it, New Orleans. Celebrate them drafting Zion Williamson number one over. All. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to break everything down. 